This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. Ladies and gentlemen, preseason football is underway. And although. I can't stand the excitement over preseason football because who cares? The games don't matter. What I do love about preseason football is that it means that we're just a few weeks away from real regular season football. Yes, just a few weeks till the season opens, the games that matter of the most popular sport in America. This is the bullpen with Adam the Bull brought to you by Bet Rivers. And on today's show... We continue our previews of the divisions in the National Football League. Today's preview, the AFC South. Can anybody unseat the upstart Jacksonville Jaguars, who on paper look even better than last year when they rallied from a 2-6 and start to win an awful division? And if they don't win the division, who will be the team that will be able to take, that's most likely, to be able to take them down. That's all coming up on today's edition of the Bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. You're in the Bullpen with Adam the Bull. Coming up on today's program, we're going to talk with Rick Balu. Rick covers the Jacksonville Jaguars for the flagship, flagship station down in Jacksonville, 1010XL and 92.5 FM. We'll talk with Rick about A lot of things with Jacksonville, including how is Calvin Ridley, who hasn't played in the NFL in two years, going to fit in with a Jacksonville offense that really seemed to hit its stride in the second half of last season. So I'm looking forward to getting his thoughts on that. But if the Jacksonville Jaguars are not going to win the division, which is the team that's most likely to do so? If you look at how last season ended up, the rest of the division, pretty poor. Tennessee got off to a great start. They were 7-3. and three. They had been a team that had been into the playoffs a number of times before last year. But they lost their, their last seven games and finished 7-10 and 10 on the year. The Houston Texans, after trading Deshaun Watson and starting over, they're really starting over this year with a rookie quarterback. Last year, was they, they were basically tanking. And they got C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State with the second pick in the draft. Is he going to be enough to to give them a big jump in the AFC South standings? Or will it be the Indianapolis Colts? And uh, I know what you're thinking right now. The Indianapolis Colts, uh, who is their quarterback? Is it Andrew Luck? No, no, it's not Andrew Luck. He is still retired. It is Anthony Richardson. But is Anthony Richardson going to be ready to go at the start of the season? Probably not. A raw a raw player with some impressive skills, but 
may not quite be ready to start the season on the field. If he's not, and, you know, teams always say, well, we're going we're gonna to give this guy all the time. We're not going to rush him in there. The reality is he was drafted. Anthony Richardson was drafted with the fourth overall pick in the draft. So no matter how raw he may be, uh, no matter how much experience he may need, no matter how far he may need to go, their starting quarterback is probably Gardner Minshew. And we know what Gardner Minshew is. The Jacksonville Jaguars know what Gardner Minshew is. He's just a guy. If you have to start him, that's fine. Are there 32 quarterbacks in the NFL better than Gardner Minshew? Probably not. Are there 27 better than him? Probably yes. And you never want to be in the situation where you're starting one of those borderline quarterback one, quarterback two guys. And that's the situation Indianapolis is in until they start Anthony Richardson. Now, we have no idea if C.J. Stroud or Anthony Richardson or any of these rookie quarterbacks are going to be any good. There's a lot of hype when they come in. Uh, We saw last year, I didn't think any of the rookies were overly impressive. I know there's a lot of people high on Kenny Pickett this year. We talked about that when we did the AFC North preview. I am not one of those people that is high on Kenny Pickett. Doesn't mean I'm right. We'll find out this year. But uh, I, I don't love this entire quarterback class. I didn't love it last year. And I don't love it this year either. Um, and I, I, so I do think that um, Gardner Minshew will start the season as the quarterback. But if he struggles at some point, they will turn the page to Anthony Richardson. And it certainly could happen sooner rather than later. We've seen it before, even with the rawest of players. Anthony Richardson is not, as the fourth overall pick in the draft, going to sit on the bench the whole year. They're not going to do it. It's not going to happen unless Gardner Minshew plays great. You know, these coaches always say that, well, we're going to play our guy when when he's ready. There's very little truth to that. They play the guy when the other guy's not good. That, that's the bottom line in most of these situations. You could say, well, what they sat Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, it's because Alex Smith played great that year. There are situations where guys sit no matter what. It does happen, but it's very rare. It's the exception. It's not the rule. So I think we will see Richardson at some point. But when you look overall at Indianapolis being led by a rookie quarterback eventually, if you look at the Houston Texans being led by a rookie quarterback, they've got Davis Mills who played last year was not very good. Case Keenum's there too. But C.J. Stroud's going to start the season as the quarterback. And if you look at the Tennessee Titans and their quarterback situation, well, they're, they're, now they at least have a veteran as their starting quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. They drafted Will Levis. They drafted Malik Willis last year. I don't know if either of those guys can play. Will Levis is another young quarterback, is trying to get a starting job and has an opportunity, certainly, because Ryan Tannehill stinks. So eventually, like the other teams we're talking about, eventually they're going to turn the page like the Indianapolis Colts are. The Tennessee Titans will turn the page. Same thing from Ryan Tannehill, who's not any good. Uh, to Will Levis eventually. Now, the a big difference is Will Levis was a second-round pick as opposed to the guys we're talking about, C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson, who are first-round picks. So the division is interesting because there's a lot of unknown at the quarterback position. Outside of Jacksonville, we think we know who the starting quarterbacks are week one, but by week eight, we might have 
uh, Will Levis playing in Tennessee, Anthony Richardson playing in Indianapolis, and certainly C.J. Stroud playing in Houston. And when you add it all together, it's really hard to make a case for anybody else winning this division besides Jacksonville. Now, I don't think Jacksonville's a great team, but they're good enough with no competition. And they have a chance in the division they play in to end up with a pretty high seed because you look at the competition, you know, the 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 other teams that won their divisions last year, right? The Bengals got a got a, they're in a good division. Ravens, Steelers, Browns, all pretty good teams, if not better. Buffalo's got to deal with Miami and the Jets with Aaron Rodgers. And the Patriots aren't terrible. In, in the in the AFC West, you got the, the chart the Chiefs got to deal with the Chargers were good. Now that division, not as good as we thought it was a year ago. Because I don't think Oakland or I, I should say Vegas or or the Denver Broncos are any good. I'm not. I'm not a believer in in, de- in the Denver Broncos. I don't think Sean Payton's going to turn them around. But still, Jacksonville has a major advantage that the other top teams in the AFC don't, and that's they play in a terrible division, while the other teams play in good divisions. And that could give Jacksonville a great opportunity to not only win their division, which I'll be stunned if they don't do it, but maybe even end up with a top seed, even though I don't think they're as good as Kansas City or Buffalo or Cincinnati. They're not that far off that they couldn't end up the number one seed due to the benefits of playing in such a poor division. When we come back, Rick Ballou, who covers the Jaguars for the flagship station there in Jacksonville, will get his thoughts on, on is there any chance that anybody can compete with the Jags in the AFC South. That's coming up next. The Bullpen with Adam the Bull. You're in the Bullpen with Adam the Bull. All right, we are back in the Bullpen with Adam the Bull. We are continuing to go around the divisions. Today's division is the AFC South. We've already talked about it some. I look at the other three teams in this division competing with the Jaguars, and I just don't see any real competition. It seems like the Jaguars, probably of all teams in the NFL, have the easiest path yeah, the NFC South is not good either, but there's no good. T- I don't think there's one team that stands out to me as being good. Jacksonville is a good team in a bad division. Rick Ballou is with us. Covers the Jaguars 1010 XL 92.5 FM, the flagship station uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Rick, how are you? Thank, thank you for joining me. Yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, it's been a, a really good eight days so far uh, for the Jaguars. They, uh, they put the pads on. Uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. They took them off yesterday. That was a little bit disappointing. It was kind of a, you know, one of those mental rep days, um, you know, not necessarily always a hundred uh, going, going a hundred percent. But, you know, that's, that's the philosophy these days. Doug Peterson doesn't want to get guys injured. That's one thing that really helped Jacksonville a year ago. If you look yeah. at boss starters, they were among league leaders. They, they were a healthy team. So, they're off on Friday. Then on Saturday morning, they're going to actually go inside the stadium and have somewhat of a glorified scrimmage. So we'll get a better understanding as to what's going on with the football team this weekend. Rick, you know, I, I've been talking leading up to the conversation with you. I, I don't know if you heard some of it, but I look at Jacksonville having a major advantage of the cont- of the contenders in the AFC. You know, Cincinnati, Buffalo, and Kansas City are in much tougher divisions. Am I underselling it or am I right? I mean, I, I just don't see how any of the other three teams in the AFC South are competitive. 
I don't, you know, Tennessee's been a good team in the past, but they fell apart at the end. Houston and and um, is relying on a rookie quarterback. Uh, so is Indianapolis probably eventually. If you had to pick one of those teams to be the most competitive, who would you pick? And do you think uh, I'm, I'm off or am I fair that there's no competition really for Jacksonville in this division? No, I agree with that. I'd still stay with Tennessee. I think Mike Vrabel's a really good coach. We saw yeah. that yesterday just saying goodbye to their right tackle after – getting into a couple of, uh, you know, skirmishes this early. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, at one point you could have all three rookie quarterbacks in if Tannehill, for one reason or another, did not um, remain in, in Tennessee. This is interesting because the expectations here are just off the chart. I mean, yeah. I'm hearing, you know, my colleagues are 15 and 2 and 14 and 3. <laughs> and, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, this yeah. team was one game over 500. Last year, and it feels like um, you know six and zero against the AFC South is what people are expecting. Now that could happen, but only three times in uh, the Jaguars' lifetime since they created these eight divisions, the Jaguars are four and two. They've never been five and one. They've never been six and zero. So just expecting them to go and play that well in the division isn't realistic i mean so you know i'm thinking a four and two maybe a five and one at best but i'm with you it is an easy path for jacksonville they're clearly the best team right now in the afc south trevor lawrence has been nothing short of spectacular so far in practice and you know the addition of calvin ridley is unlike anything that that i've seen here you know i want to say maybe justin blackman for a short period of time but probably jimmy smith is the last time they had a true number one wide receiver and a guy who can run like Calvin Ridley. Well, I'm glad you brought him up because I was going to get to that. Me, like a, a number of other lunatics that play fantasy football, uh, you know, my keeper league, I've been holding on to Calvin Ridley for like two years. And I'm like, okay, here we go. But the only thing, I, the only thing that, that has me curious in terms of him putting up big stats is Trevor Lawrence had such good chemistry with the other guys, Marvin Jones, uh, not Marvin Jones. Uh, I just forgot his name. Uh Kirk, Christian Kirk. Thank you. I'm losing my mind. Marvin Jones. Yeah. Christian Kirk, who everybody criticized that contract when he signed with Jacksonville. I was one of those people who was like, that's crazy. They overpaid him. And he had a magnificent year. Zay Jones also had great chemistry with him, too. So we know Calvin Ridley, the skill set is through the roof. But he hasn't played in two years. How is the chemistry so far? And he may be the most talented receiver, but do you expect him to definitely lead the team in receiving? Uh, as far as receptions, probably not. I, I would say that I think that that's going to be Christian Kirk. But when it comes to yardage, no question. I mean, this guy has been absolutely spectacular. Um, you know, for the first time in, in franchise history, you could actually make the statement, are there enough balls to go around? Because mm-hmm. you mentioned the other two, and the ad Evan Ingram, who they just re-signed. Yep. Uh, Travis Etienne only caught 35 balls out of the backfield last year. I think that's going north of 50. And then you also had Tank Bigsby, who's looked nothing short of, of an absolute monster so far in camp. But the Calvin Ridley situation, it doesn't look like they've only been together for a couple of months. You know, they did throw during the offseason when there were no OTAs. They did it outside of the building. And it's also had a rub-off factor on these other wide receivers. I mean, Calvin Ridley comes in, and he's a difference maker. You, you can tell what he does as far as his quicks, his overall vertical speed and i i think that that has been huge for guys like zay jones and jamal agnew and christian kirk 
as far as them developing as well. So this has only been a really good thing for an offense that, I mean, two years ago, it was a franchise low, 14.9 points under mm-hmm. Urban Meyer. Mm-hmm. They improved by nine points a year. Last week said he expects to score seven points more a game this year. If you're doing that, you're scoring 30 points a game. And I think that that's really um, I, I think that that is not crazy, uh, particularly if if they can improve on their red zone offense, which has really been something that they've struggled with as of late. But I'll tell you what, they've been practicing that a ton since things got underway last week. I think that's definitely possible. I think with the national conversation about, you know, who's got the best skill position talent, I think Jacksonville, you know, quietly is they're a little under the radar in terms of where they rank. You know, Calvin Ridley, you're not going to put him in the top 10 receivers today because he hasn't played in two years, but he could certainly get there. I think the same with Travis Etienne. You mentioned Tank Bigsby. Even further down the depth chart, I, I work in Cleveland. I mean, I've seen Dearness Johnson play a lot in the last few years as their third back if somebody got hurt. He's a decent player. I, you, not only do the Jags have good skill position talent, you mentioned Evan Ingram, of course, who's a you know top 10 tight end, but there's really good depth kind of all over the place. Uh, throughout the skill position. So I think the Jags are going to be amongst the best in the league on that side of the ball. And they, and, and, they, and having that depth is huge because you know there's always injuries during the season. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Johnson has looked good so far in camp. Jermichael Hasty came in late yeah. last year and had over 400 yards of, of uh, uh, you know, all-purpose yardage. So uh, there, there's no doubt. And, you know, Trevor Lawrence improved his release by nearly a half a second in his, uh, his second season. And that's important because, you know, the offensive line is a massive question. It, it has forever uh, been the case around here. Walker Little is, you know, going to be the left tackle with the suspension of Cam Robinson. And yep. he's really good so far on one-on-ones, but their starting left guard is out in Ben Barge. Their first-round rookie, Anton Harrison, somehow has a sore shoulder. I, I don't know how that happened. It, it, it popped up before contact i mean it makes you wonder uh, i mean did he do it in the weight room was this something that happened coming from uh from college that they were aware of but you know didn't talk to us about it that's a big blow this kid needs every reps as i said they're going to be in the stadium on saturday working and you need your starting right tackle Juwan taylor's gone he's in kansas city so to me that's a that's a major problem right now for this football team is trying to figure out how they can put together a solid offensive, healthy line. Rick, uh, the offensive line, obviously, is the old, really the only question mark on the offense. There are more question marks on the defense. Obviously, the defense is, has not been good in recent years. From an outside perspective, it seemed like it was a little better last year, but I'm not watching the Jags week in, week out like you are. Were they a little better last year? And can they get – you know, I think we're to the point in the NFL that if you have a – a dynamic offense, you can you can win with a mediocre defense. Can they get to mediocre? Are they good enough to be mediocre? You know, I think they are, um, and I think they can. And, and you know, you, you bring up an interesting point. We just talked about them scoring 30 a game. They yeah. shaved six points off their defense. They're scoring defense a year ago. They are allowing 20 points a game. If you were to say right now to Jaguar fans, your defense is going to give up 20 points every single game, I think every Jaguar fan would stand up and say, I'll take it. And they yes. have enough faith in that offense to score 21 points or more. 
A couple of things that were really interesting for this defense a year ago, they went from nine takeaways to 27. They certainly did improve when it came to uh, their scoring defense. However, their pass defense was terrible, 28th in the NFL. They were 26th in total yards allowed. They can't get to the quarterback. They're in the top 10 when it comes to pressures, but they were terrible when it came to sacks. They only had 35, and – you know, if they were to take the field this weekend, they would only have 34 career sacks. Think about that for a moment. They're top yeah. six pass rushers, 34 career sacks. So outside of Josh Allen, it's a total mystery right now. Trayvon Walker is probably better suited inside. He's got the one bull rush move. He just doesn't have the technique down. He did not rush the quarter uh, quarterback at Georgia. You know, they're playing him at outside linebacker, and it's kind of a hybrid where they'll put him on the line of scrimmage. But it, it just feels like this isn't the right defense for him. Noticed a lot of uh, stunting and trying to do some different things for him. And I, I think they're actually going to slide him inside when they go into nickel and uh, put Caleb on chase on on the edge. So it, it does feel a little bit out of sorts as far as this defense. But I think you nailed it. You, you can't fix everything in today's NFL. And and I think it's much more important for this football team to do whatever they can offensively to protect Trevor Lawrence and then just simply try to outscore your opponent. If yeah. you give up 20, 21 a game, that should be good enough with this offense, which hopefully is headed towards 30 a game. Rick, last thing, uh, what's a successful season in your mind for the Jaguars? You know, obviously the d- division is the expectation, but in terms of success in the playoffs, we know how good Kansas City is, Cincinnati, Buffalo. The Chargers are really good. The Browns should be better. The Jets should be better. I mean, the AFC is, is so loaded. The NFC is way ahead of the NFC. So what is, your, what is your good season? What would you look at it as? And what do you think the fans think? Well, you know, the record is interesting because they're only one game above 500 last yeah. year, and that includes the playoffs. I, I would think a similar route. Uh, you know, if you lose in a divisional round, I think that um, – depending on who your opponent is, it would still be successful. What I expect this year to be different from a year ago is they had so many come-from-behind wins. Their red zone offense was awful. I mean, they had gimme victories over Houston and Denver and London, which they just went uh, just let get away. I had them at 10-7 and seven when I did it after, uh, you know, free a- the draft and free agency, and I was highly criticized here in town. And I'm like, well, that's a two game improvement uh, from a year ago. So uh, I was surprised by that, but I I think obviously winning the AFC South uh, winning games easier than they have in the past. I mean, winning some games by a touchdown or 10 points, things along those lines, beginning to start to separate a little bit uh, from other clubs. And then it's getting into the playoffs. And, you know, if they go one and one of the playoffs, the folks here will be disappointed. But if you see marked improvement, I think that'll be good enough. Um, I, I, I guess the, the the standard answer would be move on from there and get to you know an AFC Championship game. Um, but you pointed it out. I mean, they have those other three teams on their schedule this year. You're going to get a good feel. Kansas City comes here in Week Two, where it's going to be brutally hot. Yeah. You miss a major, major. Uh, I think hiccup by not playing Buffalo in Buffalo and said you get them in London and then yeah. you have Cincinnati as well. So you're going to have uh, the three best teams facing the Jaguars. You get a better understanding, but I'm with you right now. I would put them in as the fourth best team in the AFC. 
Rick, great stuff, man. Thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're in the bullpen with Adam the Bull. All right, welcome back. Adam the Bull in the bullpen. Good talking with Rick Ballou. Uh, I can't, it's funny to me that he was criticized in Jacksonville for picking the Jacks to go 10 and 7. Some fan bases just get crazy. Uh, we had that happen sometimes here in Cleveland, too. You got, you're, not, you're optimistic, but not enough. Not enough. Hey, I think 10 and 7 is, is a reasonable pick for Jacksonville. I, I think they could do better than that, but to pick them to win, pick any team to win 15 games is insane. I know the division's really bad, but still, the better team doesn't always win. This is not college football. Uh, but Jacksonville's going to win that division. I think it's a toss-up to see who wins the rest of it. Uh, I'm, again, I'm not that high on any of the young quarterbacks. I think Tennessee probably finishes second in that division, followed by Houston and then Indianapolis in last. But I, those teams, I'd be surprised if any of them even get to seven wins. Uh, Jacksonville will probably win double digits and win the division going away, unlike last year where they had to pull it out late. Uh, that's it for this edition of the Bullpen with Adam the Bull. Thanks again to Rick for joining us. Thanks to Monzo for producing, as always. We'll talk to you next week. Where else but right here in the Bullpen with Adam the Bull. Brought to you by Bet Rivers. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network.